Welcome to the Brand Design Masters podcast, the show dedicated to helping you build the skills you need to design bulletproof brands for yourself, your business, and for the clients and customers you serve. And now, here's Philip. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Brand Design Masters podcast. I'm your host, Philip Van Dusen, and today I am here with Zach Hesterberg. Zach is a sales process consultant, Facebook advertising expert, and public speaker. He helps successful owner-operated businesses increase profits while decreasing overwhelm. And he has a lever-pulling method that's been proven to add $100,000 in revenue in as little as eight weeks. Now, I personally have used Zach as a Facebook ads expert and a partner in my business with um, on project work with clients with Verhal Brand Design when he was just beginning his business. But just recently, I engaged Zach to help me launch Brand Design Masters, um, the Brand Design Masters Guild, which is my mastermind group. And I launched that this year. And engaging Zach to help me launch that was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my business. So with that personal recommendation, I welcome Zach. Philip, thank you so, so much for having me. That's uh, that, those, those words, especially towards the end there, I do not take lightly. Uh, I've really enjoyed working with you and I'm super excited to be here today. And that is exactly one of the reasons why I wanted to bring Zach on the show because he was able to really do some it's funny, some very simple, but some incredibly impactful things on how I approach, approach the launch of the Brand Sign Masters Guild. And so let's dig in a little bit about what you do, Zach. So you are a sales process consultant. What exactly is that? So um, first of all, do you mind me giving a quick little backstory of how I even became to be this? Because I, I think if I just go straight into the sales process thing, uh, there might be a little bit of a disconnect. But originally, I, I had a Facebook ads agency for about five years. And that's when, uh, for those of you watching this uh, or listening to this, that's how Philip and I originally met. And through Facebook ads, I realized they're very much an accelerant for the sales process. Um, Facebook ads do not make a business, Make uh, I should say, they don't either make or break a business. They ultimately just accelerate what your sales process uh, is already going to do for you. So when I realized, like I had... Uh, I had clients who were spending roughly $4 million, maybe $5 million a year in ad uh, in ad spend from time to time. And I would see that like, while this was on the front end of the sales process, I'd see all of the different variables that would both positively and negatively impact their sales. Maybe that's order bumps, follow-up, email campaigns, retargeting ads, uh, your offer, like all these different components of your sales process that would positively and negatively increase your, uh, or I should say, affect your sales. And uh, at that point, I said, you know what, if I really want to help businesses out, um, we need to take a step back. Let's not worry just about the nitrous oxide, for instance, like for a car. Let's focus on the actual engine and the transmission and make sure that everything is running uh, like a well-oiled machine. So transitioning and actually sales process consulting, what I do is uh, I, I really help businesses find like based on their existing sales process, what's making them money. Uh, I call it your revenue map. Uh, how do you take a stranger and turn them into a paying customer? Um, when we understand that, then we map out what are the components that go into that. And uh, we figure out, hey, where, where's money being left on the table? Uh, between each component in the sales process, there's going to there's gonna be gaps. And you're typically leaving money on the table. And typically brands, uh, really, e even solopreneurs, they leave a whole lot of money on the table just by not understanding their actual sales process. So who are, what is the range of your customer avatar? Who are your clients? So my main like bread and butter clients that I'm like, I would say that I help the most 
are, are there the, the busy six, uh, like mid to, mid to high six figure, low seven figure clients. So like 500,000 to $5 million a year in, in revenue. But the, the most important thing to keep in mind here is that they're owner operated businesses. Um, the, the reason I say that is owner operated businesses, they get to this point where like they're, they're chugging along and I'm, I'm not totally sure I'm the person that's listening to this, where, where they're at, but, uh, they'll get to this point where they're chugging along. They're trying to get the momentum. Suddenly they, they catch wind to something. They, they, they get the momentum, they start growing, and then they realize that they can no longer focus on growing the business because they're still owner operated, which means they're still very much in the business. They're putting out fires with vendors, with uh, clients, with customers, with um, employees. Like they're, they're focused so far in the business that they realize that they have no more time uh, or really bandwidth to focus on the business at this point. And so I'm, I'm really helping them figure out, hey, Let's get you from that highly paid self-employed position in the, in the cash flow quadrant, and let's transition you to the the actual business owner or investor. So, what does a kind of a typical engagement look like? I mean, uh, someone comes to you and says, "You know, I'm overwhelmed," and so how do you get in there and do your discovery and figure out what's broken and figure out how you can help them? So, uh, I, I actually relate this to a doctor, and uh, for those of you who, uh, if, if you engage with my stuff, you'll see I, I use a lot of analogies. So uh, the way I would I would relate this to is actually going to a doctor. So if if a client comes to me and they say, "Hey, I'm overwhelmed," uh, I'd say, "Okay, cool. Like, let's have our initial consultation." And uh, what would happen then is, just as a doctor, if you go into a doctor, he's not just going to say, "Hey, take this medicine." If you're overwhelmed, what you're first going to have to do is you're going to have to fill out this long form <laughs> of all this information of like your health history, your parents, what's going on today, what brought you in today, how long has it been happening for. They're going to check your vitals, and then at that point, the doctor is going to say, "Okay, cool." you have this diagnosis, you have strep throat. And so I do the same thing. I say, well, hey, um, I don't care necessarily about what's going on right now. I want to know everything that's gotten you to this point. There's usually a root of the problem. Let me understand the entire business. What's making you money? Uh, what's not working well? What is working well? And then based on that, we also get all the numbers. So, and by the way, I call this your asset intake form. I'm just understanding everything that's goes, that goes into your business. Once I have that, I can correctly diagnose you. Uh, so just as a doctor would say you have strep throat, I call it your opportunity diagnosis. I say, hey, your biggest opportunity here and your, the, the biggest thing that we're leaving on the table is XYZ. Maybe it's uh, follow-up. Um, you just need more strategic follow-up. So then from there, just as a doctor would say, cool, I'm going to write your prescription for go take this medicine for the next seven days and you'll be good to go. I pretty much do the same thing. I call it a profit prescription. And so from there, I say, hey, um, here's your template. Here's exactly what you need. Uh, go use this in your email marketing. Give it to your email marketer. Give it to your marketing team. Or even if you're a solopreneur, install this yourself. I could even help you do it. But here's the template. Here's everything you need. Um, go install this. And then seven days from now, this specific issue will be solved. Uh, and then we just layer that on. I, I, for, I call them weekly checkups. We just layer that on for the next uh, seven to eight weeks. And uh, by the end of it, they have a very, very optimized sales process. Uh, it's also very, very profitable. And for the most part, it's not going to, like after our engagement, the, the goal is not that they have a big spike in revenue and then it goes down. The mm -hmm. goal is that they have a system, a, a true business that, I mean, a year down the road, two years down the road, they're still profiting from the work that we're doing together. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. And I, I, from our experience together, one of the things that impressed me about you and your process, and I'd love to hear you talk about this a little bit more, was that you're not really like a consultant that comes in and points out what's wrong and says, okay, you need to fix this and this and this. You're very hands-on. I mean, you get on Zoom and you give people templates and you give people, you like 
you, you sit there with them as you tell them exactly what to do to fix it. And I thought that that was a really interesting um, approach. Talk, to about, talk about that hands-on approach. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, the I, I'd say that that was one of the biggest downfalls or pitfalls of working with consultants that I've personally seen. Um, I've hired them before in my past. And like me working with them, I would get overwhelmed if they say, hey, just do this. And then they just, they tell me the super, super high level, but they don't under, like, they don't really give me any resources or actually like show me where the well is. Like uh, the, the old analogy of like, you could, you could walk a, whatever, walk a, a horse to the Lead well. a horse to water. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Lead it to water, but you can't make a drink. Um, that That's true. I cannot make you do it. However, if I hold your hand and get you all the way there, I, I don't just say, hey, the well's over there. I will literally walk with you and say, hey, we're going over this way. This is the best way to take. This is why we're doing, we're going this way. And then I say, here's the water and here's how to drink it, <laughs> right? Um, I, I find that my clients have a much higher success rate from that. Uh, and, and as well as like, they're coming to me because they're overwhelmed. So if I just tell them what to do and then leave them, they're very likely not going to end up doing the work. Uh, but if I actually hold their hand and kind of help them at least get started implementing that on our call together, they're likely going to see that, hey, this really isn't that much work. Uh, we, we could do this. And it's actually a pretty empowering feeling. This episode of the Brand Design Masters podcast is sponsored by Bring Your Own Laptop. BYOL.me is a top tier Adobe application video training website featuring Daniel Scott. Daniel's a certified Adobe trainer and keynote speaker at the Adobe Max conference every year. At byol.me forward slash Philip, you can learn everything from the basics to advanced aspects of your favorite Adobe applications, all for one low monthly subscription fee. Visit byol.me forward slash Philip, P-H-I-L-I-P. Again, that's byol.me forward slash Philip. I just know you're going to be amazed at Bring Your Own Laptops courses. So the the description you have on your LinkedIn banner or under your name on LinkedIn, you mentioned a lever-pulling method. So is this the lever-pulling method that you're referring to, or what does that actually mean? Yeah, yeah, very much so. It's... um. I once saw a picture where uh, it was like a little cartoon picture that it was this mad scientist and he had this uh, this like control board in front of him uh, with a whole bunch of levers and it showed him like trying to pull one of them and it looked like a really hard lever to pull or something. I, I don't know. It was, it was a cartoon. So it was dramatized. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I looked at that. I'm like, man, that's honestly very similar to what I'm doing for my clients. I, I'm, they, they have all of these different things that they could do, these levers that they could pull in their business that will move the needle uh, towards increased revenue. And so what I'm doing is I'm saying, look, we have all these different things we could do. Uh, and, and a typical, at least with what I've seen in the past, a typical marketing consultant would say, hey, you could do this, 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 and this, and you get overwhelmed. Instead, it's like, hey, we have all of these things. Let's not get overwhelmed. Let's look at just one. I think this one specific lever right here, if we pull that, it's by far going to make the biggest difference in your sales and in your revenue, uh, at least for the next week. And then we'll, we'll reassess next week and figure out what needs to be pulled next week. And uh, so that's kind of how I coined that term. So how did you accumulate? I mean, you're, you're a young guy. You've been doing this for, I think you said, five years. But you've, you've accumulated an incredibly deep knowledge of problem solving with a range of, of businesses. How did you accumulate that kind of, that skill set, that knowledge? Well, uh, I mean, a lot of it is just by being in the weeds. <laughs> I mean, run, running a Facebook ads agency, um, 
while I was not making the sales processes for people, what I was doing was feeding a whole bunch of traffic and a whole bunch of leads into sales processes. So I, I worked with probably every single type of business that was at least compliant under Facebook ads that you could think of. Um, but I mean, everything from, I mean, we got brick and mortar, I, I mean, the, the core components of, of sales processes, you have brick and mortar businesses, uh, you have um, like one to many types of sales processes where you're, you're selling, um, uh, like, like a, typically like an info product or something. Uh, so yeah, I guess you have info product, you have uh, e-commerce, like your typical e-commerce of selling like t-shirts on a Shopify store. And um, um, I'm, I know I'm missing one other. Uh, anyway, they're, they're all pretty much, they, they all kind of uh, categorize into like four, maybe five different really types of businesses. And then from there, uh, there's really only so many different sales processes that kind of feed into them and actually build the businesses up. And so, um, oh, by the way, the other one I was thinking of was service-based businesses like consultants or agencies, things like that. But anyway, um, I've worked with all of those. And so they all had slightly different types of sales processes. I saw what was working, what wasn't working. And um, I'd be able to see all of the data at scale. So that was pretty cool. Uh, and then just through working with my clients, like, I knew that my main job was just to help them with Facebook ads, but ultimately they only would hire me because they want more money. And so I'd try to just figure out, hey, how can I problem solve with them and figure out, well, yeah, I'm feeding a whole bunch of traffic to your website, but you're not getting a lot of, uh, you're, you're not getting a lot of ad carts, or maybe you're getting a whole bunch of ad carts, but you're not getting a lot of sales. How can we adjust that? And so like, I'd just Google some stuff, I'd figure out some stuff. And, and sometimes I'd pull, oftentimes what I would do is I would pull what was working for another client uh, and help my other clients use what they were what they were using, and I'd kind of um, use my clients as my my advantage there. Um, but then, whenever I realized that I really wanted to dive more into consulting and not just the agency, I also uh, for those of you who um, are listening to this, if you guys are big in the marketing, you've probably heard the name of Frank Kern, uh, and so uh, he's probably one of the best marketing consultants there are in today's day and age. He's worked with. Uh, uh, Tony Robbins and helped Tony Robbins with a bunch of different book launches. He's helped Russell Brunson build his um, multi nine figure business of click funnels. And so anyway, I actually hired uh, Frank Kern to uh, essentially get certified in his level of consulting that he's been mm -hmm. doing the last 20 years. So between my five years of expertise and just being in the weeds, uh, as well as getting some insight from another very, very high level business consultant, kind of combined those and here we are. So did you take a course or something from Frank Kern or? Yeah, it, uh, sort of. It was, a, it was a coaching program. It was a very high level certification program. Uh, to my knowledge, it was, um, it was like a limited run. I, I have not seen him promote it at all. I, I would actually listen to it on a podcast uh, towards the end of 2019. And he had mentioned that he was going to be certifying a, a hand, like a handful of uh, select people uh, in his type of consulting. And I had already made up my mind that I'd wanted to really stop running the done for you agency. So I figured, you know what, this might be exactly what I'm looking for. So uh, let's, uh, let's go ahead and hop on a call with him and uh, it ended up being a pretty good fit. So that's what I did. So did you ha have you had any other kind of mentors or catalysts in your and your quick rise to success? Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I, I would say that each season of my life, I've, I've really relied on different mentors. And so, um, for instance, like whenever I was getting into consulting, yeah, Frank Kern was, he was the main one I was looking to uh, there. And then from, um, 
from doing more research and, and really absorbing some of the work that he was uh, helping me with, uh, that's whenever I came across. Anyway, there, there's a couple other consultants that I learned from that I knew that he was looking up to. Uh, so I started uh, just really researching some of the stuff that they'd put out. And then from there, he really, really helped me with understanding high level of consulting and, and helping my clients out. Uh, but then I, I realized, well, like, hey, I know how to impact these clients on a super high level. Uh, but what was working to get my agency clients is not actually working for this business. Oh, interesting. And so uh, anyway, then I turned to, there's, there's a guy named Taylor Welch and Chris Evans. They run a company called Traffic and Funnels. Um, it's a very, very successful eight-figure business. They pretty much have a, a monopoly on the consultancy reign or, or on the consultancy uh, market. And, um, anyway, I reached out to, to their company and got some coaching on like actually helping my own sales process for my company. Um, because it's one thing, like there's two different stages to building a business. At least uh, if you're doing less than like seven figures, there's two different stages. There's the stage of, Hey, you need to figure out, um, your actual foundation, which is, uh, really understanding your avatar, understanding your messaging, understand, I mean, what you do is, which is branding, um, uh, understanding your offer and making sure that all those things kind of, uh, mesh together as one and can attract the right people and start getting you some revenue. And from that point, when you have the momentum generated, then it's about optimizing the process and systematizing things. So um, anyway, they helped me out with the foundations of my consulting business as well. That's awesome. You do something I find very interesting on your website. And I'm always talking about website customer journeys and making it very clear to people, you know, when they visit your website, what it is that they need to do. Because a lot of people spend a lot of time talking about themselves and then they wonder why the drop-off rate on their sites is high. And you do something that... Um, I've seen very few people do, which is you give people an A-B choice, like right <laughs> out of the gate, right under the banner photo, which I thought found very interesting. And I'm curious as to number one, is are you finding it effective? And um, are people utilizing your site that way? And what you have on your site is when you when you jump on Zach's site, you initially see a banner photo and then you have two boxes. One says, if you're making less than 250K a year and you're interested in the Brotherhood Mastermind, it's like click here. And then the other one says, if you're an entrepreneur making more than 250K a year, you might want to be one of my private consulting clients. And that's like A, B, one or two, yeah. you know? And so explain how you got there with that decision and how that's working for you. I used to have, whenever I first started uh, my agency, I, I had like the WordPress website. It was pretty well designed. It looked aesthetically great. I got a lot of com like compliments on what it looked like didn't get me clients though. I never had anyone actually filling out uh, filling out the form to work with me. And, and as I started getting more into marketing, I realized why that was. I mean, the the site was more of a um, is more of just like a your, your typical online brochure, of like kind of about me, uh, how I can help you, my services, clients, testimonials, things like that. And it's it's more so like it's great for building rapport with people, but it's it's not built to convert. And uh, so I, I realized, man, this this isn't working. Uh, and and the more I got into online marketing, I understood that hey, squeeze pages, uh, funnels, opt-in pages, these work really really well. They're actually built to convert. And um, I mean, con conversions is really all I care about in business. To be completely <laughs> honest, <laughs> like uh, like what. I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I could get you all the clicks in the world to your website, but like, if your website's not going to convert uh, clicks into customers, you're not going to do much. Van vanity metrics, yeah, exactly, exactly. So at that point, I said, you know what, I, I got to switch something up, and uh, really not sure what that would look like. And at that point, 
this is a couple of years ago, I, I really just had a one button on the website and it was like, this is who I help uh, apply to work with me. And I actually started getting a whole bunch of leads through that. I'm like, cha-ching, this is it. And uh, I had a few people really, really not like it as well. And that's totally fine. I Like in marketing, I'm huge on like, you have to be somewhat controversial and we'll, I'll, I'll get into this stuff later, but you have to be somewhat controversial. And if you're not okay with like, really taking a couple people off. There's just no, like, you're not going to do very well in business. You have to take a side and stick with it. I was like, yeah, this is working. I don't care if it's, if it's annoying people or not, it's working. And so uh, then anyway, as I started building up the business, I went into the consultancy. I'm like, well, man, I, I need a, I don't want to say I need a new website. I just didn't want to go create a full-on website. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I'm lazy. I don't do it <laughs> like, again. Yeah, it's uh, it's. I mean, it's what humans do best. We're 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 lazy, and we try to find the easy way out. And uh, this worked well for me. Uh, once again, it says like, all right, cool. Uh, I'm not going to switch up all the copy on the website. I'll just switch up the button here. And then I had a mastermind that I was also running on the side. It was more more like an under the radar mastermind. I just launched a. Uh, really sending a, a couple texts out to people and ended up launching this. I'm like, well, hey, might as well put that on the website too. And so at this point, I really had two main offers, two completely, I don't want to say two completely different types of business owners, but it's more so business owners that were at two different stages of their business. The people that were trying to build momentum and the people that were trying to optimize things. I said, great, here's the, here's the two different uh, sides of the spectrum. Let's put them both up there on the squeeze page. So you go to the website, uh, zachkesterberg.com, and you'll see two buttons. It's like, hey, I'm either this one or that one. Uh, and it's pretty simple. And so yeah, it still generates leads. Uh, once again, uh, there's some people that really don't like it. And they're like, hey, I was really interested in working with you and you have no information on your website. Therefore, I'm not going to ever do business with you. I'm like, cool, that, no big deal. I, I, <laughs> I don't care. Uh, there, there's more than enough people to do business with me. And uh, yeah. I believe in abundance. And that's that's in, when you were working with me on launching the guild, that was one of the things that I came to Zach with, with kind of a problem because I had built a long involved sales page, right? With all of the, you know, customer journey stuff that you're told to put in a long involved sales page. And it just wasn't converting. And when I worked with Zach, you had me build a very simple page. It was like a simple page, like with a paragraph of text and you click a button and you get driven directly to a, a jot form, right? So a form you f have to fill out where you have one you know, field you have to fill out and you get to go to the next page if you fill it out, right? If you click on one of those buttons on Zach's site for like the, the, the um, consulting button, you immediately jump right to a job form. I mean, that's it. It's like, you got to fill out a form. You have to qualify yourself. And that's what that job form did for me is that it qualified the people who were looking to join the guild and they either fit the avatar or they didn't. And if they didn't fit it, they got dumped out of the form at the end. And, you know, it sounds maybe a little cold, but it's like, it's business, right? And you, they're either going to fit what you're offering or they're not. Yeah. And I, I think something that's important to know for anyone that's listening to this, like don't go change up your website strategy right now, just because you're listening to us talking about this. Um, the ultimate reason why I know that this works for me and I know this was going to work for Philip was because we had a very warm audience of people that would be going to these pages. We were not running ads to cold traffic saying, come check out our website or like, come check out this product. And if people have no idea who you are, they're for sure not going to do business with you. I still, I'm, I'm fully bought into people have to know, like, and then trust you in order to do business with you. And I know that for me, the people, the really the only people that were going to my website were people that had been following me on Facebook or following me on Instagram, or maybe they're listening to a podcast like right now. And they're like, man, I'm interested in understanding a little bit more about what this guy's all about. Uh, interested in maybe doing some work with them. And then at that point, they go to the website with way more intent. They're going to directly search your website on the URL bar and uh, 
they're, they're, they have the intent to do some sort of business with you or at least see what that would look like. Uh, and both with yours and I's uh, businesses, they're a little bit higher ticket models. It's not like we're selling a $20 t-shirt. In that case, it'd be, it would make no sense to have people fill out a form to, to buy a $20 t-shirt, right? True. Uh, but if someone's looking to buy, and I imagine a lot of the people, if they're creative professionals that are listening to the show, I imagine a lot of the a lot of us are um, somewhat higher ticket services or are along the verge of like, they're, they're right on the edge of selling higher ticket services. Um, maybe on the lower end, at least a few hundred dollars. But uh, I hope, I would imagine that a lot of us are at least in the four figure range uh, selling something that's at least a thousand dollars. And at that point, you're typically doing that through a phone sale. So the most, like the, the best way to do that is like have someone fill out a quick little application and then go straight to like your Calendly or your uh, your schedule once or like whatever your online scheduler is. So that way they can just book a call with you. Make it super, super simple to get them to book that call. And then you guys can talk business on the call. That's another thing I wanted to talk about because I, when we were working together, one of the things that you had me do was when I got a qualified lead was to immediately like get them on a Zoom or send them a video message on Facebook Messenger or a voicemail or something extremely direct and personal. And I thought that that was a very interesting quality that I'd seen in your approach to sales that I hadn't seen in others was that there was this use of instant messaging and particularly audio and video that kind of broke through the noise. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what you want me to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're, you're right, though. I mean, that's that's why I do it, though. It, it breaks through the noise. <laughs> um, like social media and, and the, the whole online space nowadays is so impersonal that it's very easy to actually stand out uh, in an amazing way, which is be personal. Um, mm. Like I, I, I used to have a podcast. Uh, don't bother looking it up because it's been taken off iTunes because I stopped paying for this the, <laughs> the hosting fee. But anyway, one, one of my guests, his name was Jesse Cole. And uh, his mantra was whatever is normal, do the exact opposite. And it, it's the same thing when it comes to uh, social media marketing or any type of marketing. If the normal thing is like, hey, have everyone jump through all these hoops to work with you and then they're going to buy or they're not going to buy and you're going to be this like person sitting on the throne way over on the side and like hard to reach. Well, then if that's the normal thing, do the exact opposite. Reach out to people, send a couple voice memos. And like voice memos, I love doing that stuff. It doesn't matter if it's a LinkedIn connection, uh, a Facebook message, Instagram message, even text message. One, it's easier. <laughs> Let's be real. Instead of like sitting there and texting uh, or, or typing out your message, why not just press the little record button and say, hey, Philip, uh, just wanted to drop in a quick little voice memo. Wanted to wish you a quick happy birthday. I uh, hope you have an amazing day today. Um, it's so much more personal and it's easier. And like the other person thinks, oh my gosh, they put so much thought into this. And, one, <laughs> yeah, and once right. again, it goes into that no like, and trust factor. When you do something personal like that, you're immediately going to be elevated and remembered uh, above uh, other people that might be in your competition. And that is one of the three R's, being recognized, remembered, and revered. And so building up that recognition factor and differentiating yourself, it's like, should you be better or should you be different? Different always trumps better. How are you building your own business? Like, how are you marketing your your own self? Uh, so at the moment, it's very organic and pretty much all content driven. So, uh, I mean, shoot, I'll just be, do you want me to be like super, super tactical or like super high level? I'll be either. Sure. Tactical. Let's go. Okay. Let's tactical. All right. So pretty much every single day, uh, I'll make one post on Facebook, one post on LinkedIn. Uh, additionally, I'll go in Facebook groups, roughly, uh, my, my benchmark every day is make, uh, comments on eight to 10, eight to 10 posts in Facebook groups that I'm not 
It's not my Facebook group. It's other people's Facebook groups. I go in there and just make a thoughtful comment on it. Um, usually, I will try to stick out in those comments. Uh, once again, whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. So uh, there, there's, a, there's a group of men called Kajabi. And uh, it's for all the people that pretty much use Kajabi. And so, uh, for instance, one thing that people will do is uh, if they go post a milestone, there's these like Kajabi milestones. So if you sell your, your first $50,000 on the platform... A lot of the people will go post a screenshot of the email. It says like, congratulations, you sold $50,000 through Kajabi. They'll post this and they're like, oh, I'm so excited. I just hit this. Everyone is saying, oh, congratulations. Oh my gosh. So instead, I'll go in. I'll also say congratulations, but then I'll add to it. I'll be like, hey, out of curiosity, how long did it take you to hit this, uh, to hit this milestone? Or uh, what, what industry are you in? How many offers are you selling? And so like, they see that one is thoughtful. Like I'm actually, I read their post. I'm, I'm saying something thoughtful, but it's also different. And so they actually feel more of a, more, almost a responsibility to respond to it because they're like, hey, this guy stands out. Then from there, I'm just having genuine conversations and uh, conversations lead typically to business. But um, also in those daily, like I, I, they're called lead indicators is what I would call them. Um, I will also try to add roughly 10 to 15 friends uh, per day on Facebook, uh, based on typically the people that I'm actually talking to in those comments. Mm. So we're having a little bit of a relationship through these other people's Facebook groups. I'll add them as a friend. Uh, then from there, they will start to be indoctrinated into my posts that I'm making because I'm not going to go make a crazy call to action post in someone else's Facebook group. I just don't think that's right. Um, I tr strictly just want to be a person of value in those groups. But then whenever they come to my group or whenever they come to my, my Facebook page, they'll see that I'm posting every single day. Typically, they'll find one post that like catches their attention. They're like, what's this guy all about? And then they start scrolling through my, my posts. I'm making one every single day. So they have a whole lot of content. It builds trust. It builds authority. Uh, they're all pretty much all of them are, are, uh, around value. And then most of them have some sort of call to action, either comment what you think or uh, DM me this or whatever. And uh, that usually generates more conversations through the conversations um, in, in Messenger. If it makes sense, I have a, uh, a way to weed people out. Um, I, I have this little system that I just kind of weed people out through, through some Messenger tactics. And then if it makes sense, if there's someone that like that genuinely wants my help and I'm pretty positive I'm going to be able to help them out, uh, I'll offer a profit finder call. Uh, and those profit finder calls are truly like, it's not to sell anything. It's not like your tip. It's not like a strategy call in or like a sales call in disguise as a strategy call. It's, it's not that at all. It's literally, a, I call it a profit finder call because that's what it is. We break down their sales process and I figure out, hey, what's the one thing you could do right now to increase profits immediately? I'll give them that thing. And I say, by the way, if you want to work with me, um, like, would you like to have that conversation? If not, cool, no worries. And um, anyway, that's how I'm getting my business right now. So you are giving away a, a consulting call, something of value that someone can institute in their business. So you're giving away value and at a high level at the very, at the very first uh, interaction. That's impressive. And it's working. Yeah. Oh, very well. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm always I'm always recommending that people do that on LinkedIn if there's a prospect that they're really looking forward to do like a quick high-level audit maybe of their website or of their branding and just give them a point of view about what they could do better or different. And that just stands out um, incredibly or what their competition is doing because they may not be spending a lot of time looking at their competition. Yeah. And everyone, you know, no one likes to be 
compared unfavorably to their competition or be pointed out to them that their competition is doing something that they're not. And just your ability to observe that and then just report it back can show someone that you know what you're talking about and that you're, you know, on top of the industry and the category. And that's very, very attractive to people. So I think that's an amazing tactic. So you started actually, you started your Facebook business in your dorm room. So tell us about <laughs> tell us about that that arc of your career from the dorm room out to where you are now. I'm, I'm going to backpedal one step, which just more so to recap on what to high school. You're going to go move back well, to high school? Now? <laughs> well, I could. No, I, I was actually going to say just on the last topic. Um, seriously, just to reiterate, please add value. That's the, that was that's what I did through my Facebook ads agency as well. I'd post a screenshot of a result that I got for a client, but instead of just posting a result. I would, I would add a ton of value in the post and say, this is how, like, so instead of, uh, I would actually even um, say in the headline and say, instead of just leaving you guys with, with this screenshot of no context, let me, let me give you three reasons why this ad account's doing so well. And I'd get super tactical, keep it high level, but super tactical. And uh, then the right people are like, dang, this, this is the guy for me. He's actually spitting value um, or, or giving value. And um, that would generate like legitimate, high quality, high interest leads. And when you always lead with value, like you're, you're at very minimum, you will always build goodwill. Uh, and when you're building goodwill with your audience, it, it, it's inevitable at some point, someone's going to want to do business with you. Absolutely. Totally. Couldn't agree more. Hey, everyone. I'm sure you've heard lots of marketers and creative pros and content creators say these words. Everything is going to video. So if you aren't already doing video, you really should be. But don't be fooled. Creating great video can be hard and super time consuming, but it doesn't have to be. I have an amazing resource my team and I use for YouTube videos and my agency's client work that totally rocks. It's called InVideo, I-N-V-I-D-E-O. InVideo is an online video editor that helps you make professional looking videos from a huge collection of templates, images, and music available to use royalty-free in your videos right on the platform. With InVideo, you can stop spending thousands of dollars on outsourcing video creation and motion graphics. You can speed up and improve your video creation and editing process with their video templates and easy-to-use interface. There's no need to spend months learning Adobe Premiere or Apple's Final Cut Pro anymore. Just go to this URL, bdmpodcast.com slash invideo. That's bdmpodcast.com slash invideo. And just for listeners of the BDM Podcast, if you use the promo code PHILIP50, that's P-H-I-L-I-P-50, you'll get a 50% discount. What? Yes, Listeners of the podcast are going to get a 50% discount by using Philip 50. So make sure to check out InVideo today. It'll make your video production and effects a whole lot easier. Just go to bdmpodcast.com slash InVideo. That's bdmpodcast.com slash InVideo. And now back to the show. Yeah, so the dorm room, I guess to start off, uh, for those of you who are familiar with like the whole a college thing. If, if you guys went to college, you understand that uh, if you want to go get a job, which was, I mean, I grew up my entire life hearing uh, my dad was a construction worker. My mom was a front desk uh, manager, essentially at a salon. They did okay. They were like lower middle class. And so I realized how hard they were working. Ultimately that we like, we weren't struggling per se, but we also weren't like living it up. And I was like, ah, I just want something a little bit more for uh, 
for my life and my family whenever I'm older. And so I understood that whatever they did, I needed to do something different. And I knew they didn't go to college. And they always told me, they're like, Zach, if you don't want to end up in a position like us, you got to go to college. So I did. But I went there on a volleyball scholarship. Very, very small school. Um, it was a 1,200 person school, like <laughs> really in the middle of nowhere in Illinois. Giving out volleyball scholarships. <laughs> right, right. Uh, it, was a, it was a small school. Uh, if, if anyone's ever heard of it, it's called Quincy University. Most people haven't. And I knew that going into the school, I was like, well, I'm here for volleyball. That's cool. But I also know that uh, I'm not good enough, and, and nor will I ever be physically able to play a, a professional volleyball. And for those of you who don't know, men's professional volleyball, you got to be like, for my position, I'm 6'5", but you got to be like 6'9". You also have to have like a 30-inch vertical, and I don't have that either. So I knew that after college, that was it. And so um, anyway, I, I had a friend my freshman year. He's like, Zach, where do you want to like work whenever you, uh, get, you finish up school? I was like, well, I don't know, like a really cool marketing job, maybe Nike or Apple or Facebook or something. I, I, have, I have no idea. And he's like, cool. So those are all big companies. Do you think they're going to care about Quincy University being on your, your, uh, your, your resume? I was like, oh, you bring a good point. It's like, they're not going to care at all. <laughs> he's like, yeah. It's like, I'd encourage you to get a, uh, get an internship somewhere. I'm like, all right, cool. So at that point, like that was the light bulb for me. It's like, I, I got to get internships. And so I started getting as many as I could. Uh, freshman year on, I had an internship at a small personal training gym uh, doing marketing, but they had me, this was, this was another light bulb. I realized I didn't like listening to authority. Uh, <laughs> they That's had an me, important light bulb for, in the, for our listeners. It was. And so they, they had me making flyers uh, for the your listeners. This would probably be like great because uh, a lot of them are creative professionals, graphic designers. I'm not at all. And uh, anyway, they had me making flyers with QR codes to follow them on Facebook, but to be posted in the gym where they were doing personal training at where people's phones were on like one side of the gym, they're doing personal training on the other side. I'm like, there's something not matching here. <laughs> like these are going to be pointless. Uh, I was like, why, why don't you guys just like, let me, let me run your Facebook and Instagram account and like try to get you some followers back, like uh, just at, at least organically. I don't have to do ads, but I think it'd work a little bit better. Uh, let's just get straight to the point here. And they got super aggressive with me, to be honest. They're like, well, what are you going to do? What, what are you going to make a post on right now? here's our Facebook. What are you going to make a post on? I'm like, Whoa, calm down. And anyway, at that point, uh, they, we, we realized that I wanted something for their business. They were not bought on that. I'm like, cool, no worries. But I see that this is where things are going. So I'm going to go on to my next internship. Next internship was with a, uh, very, very small startup. It was my sophomore year. It was a, uh, it was co-founded by two seniors at my college and I was the only intern. And so at the time, they were making no money. So I was seeing what it looked like to build a business from the ground up. And at that point, that was when an another light bulb hit, which is, I don't have to be afraid of entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is not complex. It's actually pretty simple. You have an offer, you find your audience, and you try to sell them that offer. That's pretty much the essence of entrepreneurship. Um, however, uh, they, they didn't end up doing very well. They ended up kind of going in a different direction and kind of shutting the company down. But what I... The, the main thing I leaned from that internship was uh, there's no reason to be afraid of entrepreneurship. If, uh, if I find the right opportunity, I'm just going to, I'll take advantage of it. I don't have to be 40 years old with a whole bunch of corporate experience to do this. And so then the next thing, which was uh, Chubby's, this, this was a, a big one for my internship career, which was, uh, it, was a, it was a company called Chubby Shorts. And they make short shorts for guys. 
And uh, at the time, it was pretty much geared all around like college frat guys. Uh, shorter shorts, like five and a half inch inseam shorts. And their, their motto was uh, live for the weekend. And so they, the, the way they really marketed their brand was they had these college ambassadors at big Southern schools, UCLA, Texas, Florida, uh, like Florida State University, like big places that are wearing shorts year round. Keep in mind, I'm in this middle of nowhere place in Quincy, Illinois. It was January and uh, it was like probably 15 degrees outside is the average temperature at that time. And I was on their website and I was looking for some shorts for an upcoming spring break. And uh, anyway, I, I saw this thing that said, imply to be a chub ambassador. And I was like, what is that? And so I started, I started reading it and, and uh, I don't know, I'll apply for shits and giggles. <laughs> and so I applied, it was this like written application, but totally in a different context than your normal written application. Uh, they, they, like, they were asking fun questions like, uh, what's your absolute favorite thing to do on the weekend while wearing shorts? Like, <laughs> like random things. I'm like, this is a fun company. I like it. And so anyway, I applied and uh, found out that I was getting accepted to the next round of the interview. Um, I, I had to make a video at that point to show them why I'd be a, a great ambassador. I made the video over a weekend and um, I, I got the position come to find out they had like 6,000 applicants and I was one of like 50 people that got accepted that semester. Wow. And uh, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And so anyway, the way that you get paid as an ambassador is by getting free product. And if, if you want to get free product, you have to have more people use your promo code. And this is like MLM to its finest. It, like the core, the core essence of it, it's like network marketing, which is there's nothing that makes me different than Joe and right. nothing that makes Joe different than like, Steve. We're all the same. We just have a slightly different promo code. And so uh, anyway, I, I hopped on Instagram. I'm like, there's no way my friends in Illinois uh, are wearing short shorts in 15 degree weather. So I got to find people down in the Southern states that are wearing these things year round. Uh, I ended up getting second in sales out of 300 ambassadors using my Instagram account. Uh, in, the, in the process, I made some fun content that got featured on Chubby's, uh, the Chubby's Instagram account and their email marketing. And uh, through that process, Business Insider even featured me as they were doing articles on Chubby's. They were using my content. Like uh, I really understood how to create content that stood out, grabbed attention, and actually made people want to be a part of a brand. And, uh, and that, that's when the official light bulb went off. I'm like, social media marketing, this is by far the future. And uh, then from there, there's one more internship. And I, it was going into my junior year. I wanted to figure out this whole social media marketing thing. I wanted to do it for more companies. So I just searched social media marketing internships uh, in St. Louis. And so uh, that summer, I, I came across a company called Drive Social Media. And that's when the next light bulb hit. I was like, there's no way. Like I, I was familiar with, with agencies and marketing agencies. I, uh, this was back in 2015, by the way. And I had no idea that a company would hire another company to run their social media. And when I saw that, I was like, I could do this now. There's no reason I ha I'd have to wait. Like I actually have a, a great opportunity right now uh, over being 40 years old with corporate experience. I'm young and I have a, a little bit more creative outlook on things uh, than a lot of people in corporate at least. And at least that's what I like to would have liked to have believed at that point. And so anyway, <laughs> I was like, cool, I'm going to go get this internship, understand their offer, understand their services, understand how they get clients. Uh, and I'll go start my own company after this. And so I, I had the internship from May 31st to uh, July 31st of 2015. I had my first client for $1,000 a month, five days later. Uh, it was August 5th, uh, had my first client and... Um, 
I went back to school going into my junior year, uh, had a meeting with my volleyball coach and my like, coach, this, this client, this one client is paying me more than your scholarship is. So I'm, I'm out of here. And uh, I, I wow. quit the scholarship, which was something I really worked like years to get. And I, I made that, that quit or I, I quit very, very uh, quickly after I realized the potential here. Cause it was my future. It wasn't just like my next year. It was my future. And I realized that that was by far what I needed to do. So I ran the business part-time out of the dorm room, trying to get a couple clients here and there. And I, I was fortunate and blessed enough to be able to have enough clients to really full-time pursue entrepreneurship when I graduated uh, college in uh, December of 2016. Those are amazing, amazing stories. And one of my future questions was going to be, what was a watershed moment? And you got there before I was able to ask. Those are amazing watershed moments and, and kind of crossroad choices that um, really shape where you go. I, I think that's amazing, great stories. So let's go from the past to the future. So what do you see on in the you know in changes in the future uh, on the horizon for marketing you have your finger kind of on the pulse of social media and what's happening what do you what do you think people should be paying attention to specifically keeping in mind that the people that are listening to the show are for the most part they're like freelancers and creative professionals correct Yep. So we're in crowded, mar crowded market spaces uh, or a crowded marketplace. Like more and more people are trying to use Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn to get clients. And it's becoming this like diluted, uh, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of the term red ocean versus blue ocean. Mm -hmm. It's very much becoming that uh, where this is becoming a red ocean, which for those of you who don't know, that just means it's a saturated market. Uh, your, your core avatar might see that there's a whole bunch of other people just like you and they're all adding them as friends on, on Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever. And so it's going to come back to this. I think uh, that it's going to come back to this spot where we have to either do something radically different uh, in the digital realm, or we go back uh, and, and do more of a, uh, a flashback back to like early thousands, which is traditional advertising. I, I think that we're going to have to do something that everyone else is not doing. Just like I, I said earlier, Jesse Cole mentioned, whatever's normal, do the exact opposite. Mm. So the other day, I was actually asking a friend, he works at a, is a newspaper company. I'm like, hey, what are your guys's, uh, your, your print ads costs nowadays to run ads in? Because I'm, I'm actually interested in what's it going to look like to do some mailers nowadays? Because nowadays, people aren't getting bombarded with like creative mailers. Uh, if anything, it's like extended car warranties. But like for creative professionals and, and people like you and I, there's not a lot of people using uh, like mailers. There's not a lot of people doing uh, billboards or anything like that. So I think that that would actually be something to at least just be paying attention to uh, because attention costs money. It, it just, it's hard to get attention. And so for me, it's like, it's pretty easy to, to put up an ad on Facebook, but there's a lot of people doing that. And so the ad costs are rising and it's going to be very hard to stand out from, there's a lot of other really, really good creative professionals on Facebook and on Instagram and on LinkedIn. So where are they not at and how can you stand out in those scenarios? So that's something that I'm, I'm interested in. This is more top of mind, probably just because it's the election coming up. Like him or hate him, Trump's a good marketer. Uh, he's, and I say that in the way that he's, he's good at getting attention. So I, I made a post back in, uh, it was last week, not sure when you guys are listening to this, but, uh, at the time of this recording, I think it was last week when the debate happened, it was the first debate. And if anyone remembers, uh, that they watched it or they were just on social media around that first day or two, everyone is talking about how ridiculous the debate was. And, um, Trump was uh, he acted like a child and was very like he was he was Trump <laughs> and disruptive uh, is a good yeah, word yeah and um 
I kind of predicted uh, in the middle of the in the middle of the the debate. I said in the middle, like um, in the middle of it, I made a post. I said, "Just watch. At the end of this debate, everyone will say that Biden won. However, pay attention to who's in the news for the next two weeks. It'll be Trump um, because Trump is so ridiculous. And it doesn't matter if politically speaking, Biden wins. It's it's a matter of who's getting more attention. Um, goes back to like us being in business." If you're not getting attention, you're for sure not going to get someone's uh, money. Uh, like you have to earn their attention. And so I'm saying all of this to say Trump is very good at getting attention because he's ridiculously controversial. The, the name Trump in itself is more controversial than some of the controversial topics such as gun laws and abortion. So anyway, that all said, I'm trying to figure out what does it look like to be more and more controversial in like a not ridiculous manner and like not a Trump manner, <laughs> but like um, what does it look like to be more controversial as a business owner and do so in a professional way? I, I, I really want to make some enemies in my space, um, have other consultants that are like, I, I do not like Zach's philosophies because if they think that, that that means that I'm completely different than them and I'm completely, I'm standing completely out from what's normal. Um, so I'm trying to figure that out. And I'm also just trying to figure out in general, like I, I want my target client to see my content and, the, and them to either say, well, my target client would hopefully say, wow, this is 100% the guy I need to talk to. But I also want other people that even look kind of like my target client to look at my content and be like, this guy, I would never do business with. Anyway, uh, when when you're that controversial, you're going to you're going to create some raving fans, and you're also going to have some major haters, and uh, that's okay with me because if you try to be the generally agreeable person, I mean, look at look at any election, the generally agreeable candidate never wins. Hmm. So anyway, that's that's what I'm kind of thinking about as as the uh, future comes into play. So I always ask my guests a question at the end of the interview: Do you have a personal manifesto or a mantra that you try to live your life by? It's not necessarily around business, but for me, uh, I'm a man of faith, and uh, so one of the big things that I try to do is I try to glorify God in all things that I do, say, and even think about. Uh, whether that's a conversation that's business related, uh, such as now, I just got the opportunity to say that, um, or if it's uh, just a I don't know a conversation with my wife, or even just something that I'm thinking about, or an activity that I'm doing such as giving uh, or, or just, just being a good servant. That's that's what I try to live my life by. Awesome. So Zach Hasterberg, where can people find you? Where's the best way to engage with Zach? Yeah, best place would probably be Facebook. Um, just check me out on my Facebook profile. Um, just Zach Hesterberg. Uh, full transparency. I have two of them because my first one, I ended up getting banned from running Facebook ads on. <laughs> the, the, the personal profile got the uh, got the official uh, X, uh, according to the Facebook ads platform. And I, I was banned on there for like over six months. And if you've been banned for six months, you're banned for life on the platform, uh, specifically for Facebook ads. You're Zach 2.0 now. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. So anyway, um, it, both of my profiles are completely public. So if you just look up Zach Hesterberg, uh, you will see uh, probably two profiles and just click on both of them. See which one has the more active, like the more recent posts. And that's the last, yeah, the last one I haven't posted in since like March of this year of 2020. But the other ones I'm posting in literally every day. So if that's it, send me a friend request and, and also shoot me a message just so I know that you came from this podcast. And I would love to give you, I have a whole bunch of different trainings and resources. So if you're someone that you're looking for, whether it's uh, ways to optimize your business, uh, different ways to increase upsell or like use upsells in your business. Like I'm, I'm, I've got a whole bunch of those types of trainings. I'd be more than happy to send a, few, uh, a couple your way. Well, that's awesome. Well, Zach, thank you so much for joining us on the Brand Design Masters podcast and sharing your experience. Uh, we hope you come back again soon. Thank you for having me. I hope to be back soon. 
If you'd like to help support the Brand Design Masters podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if you want to stay up to date on all our content, products, courses, and live video shows, head over to philipvandusen.com slash muse and sign up for the Brand Muse newsletter. That's where we share all the latest news, resources, articles, books, and videos that we recommend to help you build and improve your creative practice, personal brand, and business. That's philipvandusen.com slash muse, M-U-S-E. Thanks again for listening. Bye for now.